All right, we've got a terrific guest today. Did you know you can put together a full-fledged podcast website in just a few clicks? You can literally do it just from your RSS feed. Plus, the software that lets you do that, the website, the app that lets you do that, also has a ton of great features, including a whole bunch of new features. We're going to talk about it with the founder of PodPage, Brendan Mulligan, next on Livestream Deals. Hey gang, Ross Brand here for Livestream Universe. Welcome to Livestream Deals, episode number 107. We're now into our seventh year of Livestream Deals, where we feature great products for live streamers, podcasters, and content creators. And today we're focusing on podcast websites. Uh, PodPage is a service that I use for my recordings websites. You can find that at rossbrandrecordings.com. And I love it. It makes it very easy uh, to manage uh, your website for your podcast. It's almost all automated and it looks beautiful and it's got all the features pretty much that you would find with a WordPress or some of the other services that are popular. Um, and it's just so much easier. It's an all-in-one solution. And I want to bring on the founder. Uh, he's been on to talk about it before, but we've we've moved a long way forward uh, in seeing PodPage from when it was starting out. He was so humble about it, and he's really put together a fantastic product. Welcome back, Brendan Mulligan. It's great to have you back on Livestream Deals. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you having me. Yeah, well, before we get into PodPage, this isn't your first or only build. Can you tell us a little bit about your background as an entrepreneur, startup founder, somebody in the tech field uh, prior to and after <laughs> founding PodPage? Yeah, of course. So I started um, actually outside of the tech world uh, after college. I was and in college and out of college, I spoke, uh, worked mostly with musicians. And so I was on the business side of the music industry. And so all day, every day, I was working with creators to help them develop their careers, develop their their businesses um, as creators. And that that's where I got the bug of wanting just to work and help creators for my career. And so after some time in the music industry, I, I actually started, I left sort of the record label and traditional music industry side to start tools, um, mostly online web tools for musicians to, you know, the, the way that I've always looked at it is that people who are creative and are putting things out into the world should spend all of their time actually using their creativity and putting things out into the world and not all the minutia that goes with the marketing and the maintenance of it. And so when I was doing working with musicians, um, especially when MySpace and Facebook, all these, all these sites were kind of pl proliferating across the internet, there was a lot of management of data. And so I started a data management company for musicians. So they didn't have to spend all their time copying and pasting information on all these different new websites and emailing them to local newspapers. They could just book a bunch of tour dates and go play shows. Um, and so I also helped them with a website product. And after that, I, I moved into sort of when the app development world started exploding, same thing, you know, building an app was really challenging, but then launching it, maintaining it, keeping um, tabs on how well it was doing, all of that took a lot of time. And so we started building, I started building tools with the team to help app developers uh, manage their, 
their apps. And so they could spend their time making their apps better as opposed to sort of dealing with the app store and all the other crap that you had to do. Nice. We uh, sold that to Google and spent three years at Google doing similar things, um, working with creators in, from, from inside Google who are working with Google. And then after that, uh, that's when PodPage started. I, I came out of Google and um, I had a bunch of friends doing podcasts and I started seeing some of the inefficiencies that went into podcasting. And again, my my approach was, I think a podcaster should spend all of their time recording um, if they choose to edit their own show, edit their own show, prepping for the next show, finding great guests, all of the stuff that goes into actually making, creating the content, I think is where podcasters should spend their time. And so one area that I saw, and because I'd built website platforms before, um, one area that I saw that wasn't being addressed and could be easily solved easily in quotes, because it's you know been a four year journey, but, um, <laughs> but, uh, was websites like, you know, in my opinion, podcasters shouldn't really spend more than five minutes a week thinking about their website. Um, and so once they get it set up, it should just take care of itself. And so that's why I created PodPage. Well, before we get into the new features, let's let's kind of start at the basics for people who may be new to PodPage. Why have a podcast website? You have apps where people can find your podcast. A lot of times your podcast host will give you a web page with your mm -hmm. episodes that you can send people. Why have a dedicated podcast website for your show? Well, so if you go back to 2019 when I started this, most host websites were overall <laughs> weak. You know, and, and it was um it was it was not the state of things was some of them gave you a page, but all of the pages were pretty, pretty bad. I actually would say now they're in, in most, most of the major hosts have pretty good pages. The limitations with the host pages is typically they're not very customizable. You can't really do much with them, but as far as a place to put shows on the web, they're pretty good. And as long as you can attach your domain name to it, I usually tell beginner podcasters, like, don't worry about pod page at this point. Um, if all you want is a page with your episodes, use your host page, just make sure to point your domain there. Right. Uh, right. And, uh, you know, as a, as a starting point. And so, um, so I do think those are, that's a great resource. I think that the problem relying on the only interaction with fans or listeners through is through Apple podcasts or Spotify is that you don't actually have your own audience. You have your, you're borrowing Apple's audience. And if anything ever happened to any of those platforms, you have to start from scratch. And, and this sort of hit home with me um, because I was part in the music industry during the MySpace era, um, which obviously dates me and makes me an old person. But uh, <laughs> that was a really interesting time to be there because all these record labels and musicians put all of their time and attention into building a fan base and audience specifically in MySpace. And so they got MySpace friends and they spent millions of dollars trying to get as big of a a, a audience on MySpace as possible. MySpace died and they, they had to start from scratch. And of course the big, big artists that are, were nationally known didn't really rely on it. But a lot of the indie artists suddenly literally had no way of reaching people again. It was like going back five years. And so, um, I think that if you rely entirely on these platforms to the only touch point with your audience, you're putting yourself in, in a risky position. Um, and so I think the easiest way to get around that is it's not, you don't have, it's not like fixing this problem isn't is, is hard. You just have a place that you point people to go to. So, and in my opinion, the best place to do that is a website because web, a website is universally accessible. It doesn't matter what platform you're on. It doesn't matter what apps you have installed. Um, when you send someone a web link, they will be able to go to your website. And so then if all the apps went away or you got canceled off of every app, 
you still have your pod page website pulling that content from your host. It yeah. pulls it directly from the host. It doesn't rely on Apple or any other third party to get that content into your website. Exactly. And I think I, I, get, I go one step further in saying once you have them on your website, you can try to establish a deeper connection with them. So, you know, it's not so much you want all of your people to be listening to your podcast on your website. That's not really what you want. You want to send them to your website and try to get them to give you their email address or right. try to get them to connect with you on Patreon or whatever the platform that you want to like that you're, you know, actually getting their real information so you can connect one on one with them. Um, that's the primary goal, I think, of the website is just to deepen that connection. And so, you know, most likely you might send them to your website. If you're a podcaster on your show, you can say, hey, um, with, here's I won't just not to get into the minutia, but with PodPage, we give you a lot of ways to connect with your listeners. So if you right. you can kind of choose your own adventure, you can say, hey, you know, if you like today's show, please go to my website and leave me a voicemail. And every PodPage website has a voicemail feature built in and tell me what you thought of it. And I'll play your voicemail in the next show. When they do that, they come, they give you their name, their email address, and and you just get a little deeper with them. Or hey, you know, that's a um, that's a feature I haven't used yet, and I, yeah. it's bothering me now that you're mentioning it. Why haven't I ever used that? Yeah, it's it's that's on there. That's genius, and it's built in, so you don't have to go attach an app for it or anything. Yeah. So if you're enjoying this show, or you have any questions, uh, go over to Ross Brand Recordings dot com and uh leave us a message and we'd love to hear from you and we'll play it on another show excellent yeah, so, idea brendan sorry to so interrupt that, it just well no but the that's light bulb went off <laughs> some people some people don't feel comfortable leaving voicemails or, or the or the um podcaster doesn't want that so we have a contact form you know an easy right. way just to get in touch you can um you can go and you can we have a way for you to collect email addresses so you know thinking about some of the big podcasters tim ferris i think one of the things that he i had a chance to chat with him um, about what he attributes a lot of his success to as far as his podcast growth. And he thinks he feels like a, a big part of it is that he drives people almost primarily to his website to sign up for his weekly newsletter. Right. He's like the weekly newsletter is where my, where my audience is, you know, ever, you know, they find me on Apple and stuff, but I capture them there and then I'm able to, to talk to them. And so, um, he'll say, go to Tim.blog and sign up for five bullet Friday on every one of his podcasts. And so being able to easily capture email addresses and stuff, um, is it, you know, that's, that's the kind of stuff that I wanted to build in and just make it part of a turnkey website service. And so I think once you do that, then you can build, you can deepen relationships. Um, and you're not really relying on, did they get the notification from Apple that my new episodes out? Right. So. Right. So now, um, you also have a background in SEO. Um, I, I remember having you on a panel show on StreamYard connect to talk about SEO. You had a lot of great insights. Um, what does say having a pod paid site do in terms of your SEO versus maybe building your own site or, um, using the host's website, particularly if you're not all that knowledgeable about how to optimize a site yes. to, to be at the top of your, your rankings. Well, the good news is if you look up like, how do I optimize my website for SEO just in general, not podcasts, you know, right. a lot of the, what they'll, what they'll tell you is, okay, well, make sure you have a site map, make sure you have a robots TXT file, make sure that you're, um, you've got the right metadata in the right place. Make sure you have, uh, alt tags in your images that describe what the image is. Make sure you have a page for, make sure you're, you're the, what you care about on the page is in the H1 tag. It's a lot of like technical stuff. Um, and all of that just kind of comes baked in with PodPage. I mean, you, 
when you launch a website, we automatically create the sitemap. We create your robots file. We we optimize you. We create take your episode title and we make a human readable URL. So it's not, you know, uh, rossbrand.com slash episode slash sixty four five six four. You know, some <laughs> random ID. It's it's interview dashed with Brendan Mulligan. You know, all so all of sort of the best practices. We that's all just baked in, um, and. And you can make some customizations there on the, you know, on certain plans. The thing we just released with the Elite Plan um, is, and the Elite Plan just launched a few weeks ago into beta. So there's still a lot more work to do on it and to, to make it uh, better. But we basically took what most people consider is the best WordPress plugin, which is Yoast SEO, and we built that into PodPage. So built a lot of like what's great about that into PodPage. So now what you can do is you can say, okay, for this episode. Um, you have to choose what your focus key phrase is, which is the same thing that Yoast does, where it says, you know, what are the keywords that you want people to come to this page if they search Google? Like you, a lot of people say, like, I want these 50 keywords. It's like, no, no, you have to pick one. That this right. is the phrase that you want, right? And um, and then what we'll do is we'll analyze your content and say, okay, on the page, you know, an example, there's a podcast called All the Hacks, and they did an interview with Tony Hawk. And when he built uh, the page on PodPage, he actually removed the Tony Hawk's name from the title, even though it was the title on Apple, because it was in an image on PodPage, he took it off just to save space. Right. When we did the SEO analysis, said, what do you want your focus key phrase to be? He said, I want it to be Tony Hawk. But he, the title of the episode on PodPage was like an interview with a skateboarding legend. And because of that, he wasn't ranking very well for the for the words Tony Hawk, even though Tony Hawk was on the page, it wasn't in some of the critical points. And so because of that, he was able to change his um, episode, like the URL to actually just like all the hacks.com, I think slash Tony Hawk interview or something like that. He changed the title. He changed the um, meta. He was able to like, and we were beca because of the analysis we did, we were able to say, all right, well, make sure it's in your, your intro paragraph. Um, make sure it's in your H1 tag. Make sure, and so the, that's the kind of thing that, we help with. I mean, there's only so much we can do without uh, the user getting involved, but we're trying to help more with, Hey, if this is what you want, here's how to get there. Um, so that, you know, but even is that, without is that, that available in all the, the paid plans? Because I noticed I just upgraded to the elite plan and I noticed that there are additional uh, SEO measures you can, you can take to enhance well, your, yeah, your, all, your all of that. Like, all of that analysis stuff, that's all part of the elite plan. Um, okay. And and the, the way that we looked at the plans, we were like, having been doing this for three, four years, we kind of, there's buckets of podcasters and how much they care about certain things. And so we try to like put, build the plans around them. And so there was a, a number of podcasters that would use PodBase and say, oh God, I just need more than this. And we, from the beginning, I mean, if you go back to the initial show that I was on with you, most likely I talked about the fact that we don't want to serve everyone. Because if you try to serve the top, top podcasters who want ultimate customization and just, uh, just minute, like just being able to edit any little thing on the site, we end up having to build this huge product that most podcasters don't need. Right. And so, um, with, so we've, we really try to sit in the middle of being like, it's, we we're more than your host website, but we're not as powerful as a customized WordPress that you've hired a designer and a developer to build for you. And for most podcasters, that's what they need. The, the elite plans is sort of features that people were starting to say, like, I need more out of pod page, uh, but I'm not quite ready for WordPress. And so that's where that plan sits. And SEO analysis is one of the big ones. The other one I'm really excited about is the auto transcript, which is going to be huge because um, 
you know, right now I take it and I put it in another service and, and, and then it's a lot of, it's a lot of steps. It's Mm -hmm. a lot of steps. And if the same thing could just pretty much show up and be there in case somebody needs that accessibility, but I don't have to look at it and spend hours cleaning it up and everything. Boy, that, that is a, a huge savings of time and, and, and still helpful to those who need, uh, who need the transcript or prefer to read because they're at work and they can't turn a podcast on, yeah. but they got a few quiet minutes and want to see what you had to say. Um, so anyway, that's coming soon, right? That's coming. Yeah, next that's, year. that's, that's hopefully end of this year, early next year. I mean, the, I fully expect to be totally honest that all podcast hosts will do auto transcripts for podcasters and we won't actually need to do this anymore is my, my prediction for the right. next few years, because ultimately the most helpful place for a transcript to be is in your feed. And so everyone can import it. And right now right. on PodPage, if you have a transcript in your feed, we will just import it and put it on your website. Now, the, when we added that a year or two ago, the problem is that very few hosts do this or very few people sign up for it. And so for us, though, um, I always try to think of like what features are actually relevant for a website. And transcripts are a big one because Google can, uh, you know, Google right. whoever. Can, it's not it's it's great for accessibility for people who can't, you know, who can't hear. It's also great for SEO crawling and understanding what the context of the page is. And so being able to offer that and say, all right, well, if you don't have a transcript, we'll go ahead and transcribe it for you is going to be is going to be great. The, the challenge is I have yet to see a great transcript uh, company uh, or API where right. you don't still need to go in and make some edits. And so that's that's going to be the challenge. I mean, I don't think we're going to be, it's not going to be like, oh, it's perfect and it's going to know when Brendan talks and when Ross talks and it's going to be able to label them as Brendan and Ross. It, but I, So we've been evaluating some partners to work with on this and we've, we've gotten some that we think are pretty good um, and we're just sort of waiting on, there's one that has some updates coming. I found two partners. One is that the text is really good, very, very good, very accurate. The the splitting the the text into speakers is horrible. That's uh-huh. what I found with them. <laughs> like I was I I was testing with some podcasts. Like if you were to do an intro, you did an intro today, it would think that was five speakers, but all the words would be perfect. So right, that's right. good, but like ultimately you'd have a lot of cleanup. And then another one that I've looked at, the speaker splitting is almost perfect, but the text transcript is horrible. And so we're just sort of waiting on figuring out who's going to do this really well. And then it, these are people that we partner with and essentially like we pay for the uh, transcripts to be transcribed to them on behalf of the podcaster. And so anyway, it's coming. I just don't want to rush it and have it be a crappy version of the transcript. So, well, again, what I, I one of the things that I love about adding a transcript when I do and I'm not very consistent with it. And so this will probably be a huge help to me. But when I add it to pod page, I then don't have to go designing the blog post in order to make sure that the transcript isn't intrusive. It can be found, but do I put it behind like an accordion tab or what? Mm-hmm. A, like I just drop it in and the website creates the blog post without me having to do any sort of technical uh, work to make that happen. And, and yeah. there's so many different things you have with that. I'll, I'll tell you another thing that I'm excited about from the elite plan is the ability to pull ratings and reviews from Apple, from all over the world, not just from your own, 
uh, country. So that most people don't even know that they've got extra reviews out there on their podcast. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's another cool feature. Talk, talk about um, how you were able to pull that off. So that's, um, you know, Apple has always had these the way this way to get your reviews, and they they do it on a country by country basis. And so for a single podcast to pull reviews from one country, it's you have to ask Apple for it once if you want it for every country, you have to ask Apple about 200 times. And so this is the kind of thing that is hard to scale. Um, You know, it actually is more expensive and a bigger deal to do it for if we want to do it for all countries. And so um, up to this point on PodPager, for for all the plans, you're always able to say, what's the primary country? And from honestly, for most people, that's fine. Because most people go after one, you know, at the beginning, go after just people in the United States or people in Great Britain or whoever, whatever country they're serving. Um, and so it's generally been fine. But you do get reviews in a bunch of different countries and you, mo- and you want to grab them. So now on the Elite Plan, we will go and we will ask Apple 200 times for all of the, you know, we'll be constantly checking across the world for reviews for you. And I think it's, it's nice because you end up getting some really great reviews and, and discovering listeners in countries that you didn't know about. Very cool. Um, we're talking with Brendan Mulligan. He is the founder of PodPage and you can try out PodPage with just an RSS feed and without needing to do anything else, but drop your RSS feed in and within moments, you can have an idea of what your podcast website would look like with PodPage. Of course, if you subscribe, there's a lot of different features that you can add, but you can head over to LivestreamUniverse.com slash PodPage, LivestreamUniverse.com slash PodPage, and just drop your RSS feed in and see what it looks like. It's so cool when you see it come up. You'll see your podcast cover come up, uh, your episodes. It's... uh, it's really quick and it looks really professional for uh, about two seconds worth of work. So I, I highly recommend checking that out. want to say a quick hello. Live podcast media is here. She says, hi, Brendan. Hi, Ross. And our good friend, Beauty Bubble. She's actually the one who connected the two of us years That's ago. Right. That's and right. she says, uh, podcasters, take notes on what Brendan brings to your knowledge base. He has only shared fantastic techniques over the years. And that is so true. So uh, let's talk about um, for people who have multiple websites, I'm going to ask you questions that come up through my using pod page because so many interviews I know that you've been doing over the years, um, rather than asking the same questions, I'll ask what I'm thinking of sure, and of course. people, it'll be fresh for people. So, okay. So you have, a lot of us have multiple podcasts. Um, do do you recommend a separate website for each or do you recommend a network site and then having like a page for each uh but one central place to send people if you have three or four or multiple mm-hmm. websites or you're you know trying to put a network together or what have you yeah you know so uh, i have all the respect in the world for people with multiple podcasts because i don't know how you do it it seems hard <laughs> enough just to have one podcast um 
So to get add a little context, PodPage offers uh, most of our users use individual podcast sites. So the the website is entirely dedicated to a single podcast and a single RSS feed. We also have a, a plan that is for for podcast networks. And when I when we built it, we think about it mostly like imagine like the television studio CBS launches their own website. They're going to have a show on their web or a, a web page on their website for every one of their shows. Right. And so that's basically what the PodPage network site is. You've got sort of your your core website for your network that it, that lists all your shows and then each each show has its own dedicated section. Um, the intent of those network sites is typically as a home for the network, not home for the podcast. And so it's mm-hmm. for the network to show off what it is and, and the shows on it. But let's say your show was on a network. I usually advise you still like let the network put you on their website but you still have your own website dedicated to you and your show that you right. control and you maintain and you can customize because you kind of want the network sites to all look the same and be branded towards the network and not have crazy different branding depending on the show. So, so that's just generally my, um, my advice. So when you think about a single podcaster that has multiple shows, I think what I normally would say is if those shows all are targeting the same audience and are the same subject matter. Um, and so some examples of this could be, if you're like, if you have a gardening podcast, a bunch of gardening podcasts, and one is like, uh, I don't know, vegetable gardening podcast, and the other one is, uh, you know, landscaping tree, you know, bush landscaping or whatever, then, but they're all really tightly. And you're like Ross Brand, the, the landscaper or right, the gardener, right. and you want that to be what people search for. Then I think in that case, having a single page that there are all these podcasts are on is helpful because generally you're sort of going after somewhat the same audience. On the other hand, if you have if your podcasts are kind of going after different keywords and different different subject matter, I think Dave Jackson um, from the School of Podcasting is a good example here. He has you know a podcast that's dedicated to profit from your podcast, which is one of his books. He has a podcast that's like a Ask the Podcast Coach. He has mm-hmm. so he has a bunch of different ones, and and even though they're all kind of going after podcasters, he's looking for that people to discover them from different areas. He has a bunch of different pod page websites. And because the pod page website stays up to date without you having to do anything, like it's not a lot of extra work to have a bunch of them because they all just kind of stay, stay up to date. And then you can get your own custom domain name for each one that is relevant to that podcast. And so that, that ends up being like when Google, you know, when you ask Google for something, what all Google's trying to do is saying, what's the best place for this information? Like where's, where's the, they, you can, the word is canonical. Like where's the canonical source of truth for mm-hmm live stream universe, you know, if someone searches there right. and if they see a live stream universe.com, they're going to say, that's a good chance that that's it. Like they're much likely more likely to say like, that's probably the canonical spot for apple.com slash podcast slash live stream universe. Like that, even though Apple's bigger, Google's looking mostly for what's the canonical place. And especially if you've put live stream universe as the, the link in your RSS feed, so when they look at Google Podcasts and there's a visit website button, it actually goes to this website. All those things that Google says like, hmm, okay, it looks like this website's the number one place to go. So I think that for a lot, in, in many cases, it's better to have multiple websites, one for each thing, unless it's sort of a combined collective thing that you're trying to build together. So long answer, but... Do you gain or lose any features between the network site and doing individual sites in terms of how the individual podcasts work other than losing that dot com with no slash yeah uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> domain so the you, yeah the the network site the network itself has its own 
domain, but the individual podcast sites still are networkdomain.com slash podcast name. So you do that's the big thing. Does All that the lessen sites, the power of uh, the link within Google or not at all? In my opinion, it just depends. It, 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 it kind of depends on a few things, but you know, suddenly you're saying, oh, this, this podcast is a sub page of another website as opposed to its own website. So I think if I'm, if I'm Google, just looking at, looking at things, I'm saying, well, okay, well, uh, live stream universe, it's Ross slash live stream universe. That kind of looks the same as Apple slash live stream universe. And but again, but you can kind of get around that by making that the link in your feed. And so it's not, yeah, I, I think it's always nice to have a domain name attached to it because it just shows like this is a place on the internet that is dedicated to this this podcast. But I think the network site is the second best as long as you're putting that link in your feed as the, the canonical place to get information. Um, now, what if you use a, a link that redirects like let's say um i own live like i own livestreamdeals.com and it just goes to a website that's pretty much a front page for the show and then all the episodes are now on you know my livestream universe slash shows slash deals or whatever mm -hmm. the link is what if i take that livestream deals and link that to the network page where it doesn't show up in the browser as livestreamdeals.com, but that's what I give everybody is livestreamdeals.com, and that will take you to the website's page on PodPage or your own website. Mm -hmm. Does that does that help much or not really? Generally, not really, because basically Google knows. Um, Google goes to it and then is immediately taken to the next page, and so it sort of ignores it. When you're right, setting up right. a redirect, you have two options, um, not to get too into the technical weeds, but it's one, one is a, you're basically setting up a permanent redirect or not. If you set up a permanent redirect, when Google goes to it, it, it sees the status that it's a permanent redirect and essentially says, cool, we can ignore this wherever I was before because this, and this is right. really good. If you're ever changing your, say you wanted to, you wanted to change it to if you got lu.com and you wanted right. a shorter domain name, right? You would set up a livestreamuniverse.com redirect to lu.com. And so all of those old links that Google has already indexed, when it goes to Livestream Universe and then forwards, it'd be like, oh, cool. This is no longer the domain we should be focusing on. It should be lu.com. You right. can also set it to not be permanent, which kind of tells Google, all right, don't, this, this is a, this is a temporary redirect. 301 but, is the permanent? Yeah. Okay. Um, Good. And so All right, I did that right on my side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, but the but the the negative is, um, if you even if you set up a non permanent, you know, again, like Google is this giant supercomputer that's pretty smart and knows how to get around things. And so, if it sees you forwarding Livestream Universe to like Ross slash LU or whatever, and you do that for a very long time, they're going to eventually be like, all right, well, this is clearly like that that domain name has no um, value. Because it's right, not, right. It, you know, it's just it's just a, a pointer, and so um, this is one of the reasons that, like, you know, if you if you're sharing Bitly links, it's not like Google is indexing your Bitly links instead of the website that they go to, right? It's it's right, going to be right, right. Well, so like I'm, I'm never... doing that with LivestreamUniverse.com/slash/podpage because it's easier than giving out the full the full link. This just redirects 
to to pod page but it's easy for me to say on a show go to livestreamuniverse.com slash pod page or if you want to learn more about the show go to livestreamuniverse.com slash show or yeah what have you so that, it may not be what the page is although i think i do have a page that is actually slash show on my website but a lot of times um if i'm featuring a product or whatever it's just easier for me to have it you know, livestreamuniverse.com slash, and then it's consistent with everything else. And it's easy to remember versus what was the website of that? hundred uh... <laughs> percent. And I think that, you know, and actually there's a feature on pod page that does this. It's the pretty, pretty link or pretty redirect feature. Um, and WordPress, I think their plugins called pretty links or something like that. Um, that, that does the same thing. And it, in these, in this case, at least the way, the way that we do it on pod pages, it's actually set up as a 302 redirect, which is telling Google, this isn't a page you should index. Like this is just mm -hmm. a redirect. And, but it, but for an audio format like this, it's so much easier just to, cause if you can get your audience to learn your website, which hopefully has your, is just an easy domain name, like Livestream universe, then all they're really remembering is slash pod page. And so you, you see these podcasters typically do this in two ways. One is their own website slash the sponsor or the affiliate or whatever, which I think is the best way mm -hmm. to do it. Um, and we just added actually link track, click tracking uh, on pod page for, for, for pretty links for on the elite plan. So you can actually see how many people are going through your links. Oh, very cool. The other way, um, which uh, once you're bigger, you have more control, but like Tim Ferriss, usually for Tim Ferriss, he says, go to, um, athleticgreens.com slash Tim. Like whenever he works with a sponsor, mm -hmm. it is a requirement that they give him slash Tim because he's chosen. He's like, that's how I do it. I'm not, he doesn't send Tim.blog slash athleticgreens. He says athleticgreens.com slash Tim. Right. But in general, the goal is easy for listeners to remember. That's all that matters because you're in, you people are in their car listening to us right now. And if they don't, if you're telling them some crazy link, they're just never right, going to remember. Right, right. And it's why like, it's fine to use like, Shownamecom slash EP one one Oh seven as a redirect, but not to use it as you want to have, you know, pod page, you know, the advantages of using pod page with Brendan Mulligan founder, yeah, exactly. or whatever, you know, you, you want to have real words, yeah. but you can have something that's very short as a way of posting it on Instagram or putting it in a graphic or reading it on, on the air, so to speak. Well, and, and, and we've done that. I think that was that was built before the site even launched. Was I, I was looking around and I saw people doing this, like, oh, for episode 107, go to Livestream Universe slash 107. And so that's actually baked into PodPage. We will we automatically have these quick links set up for every one of your episodes where no matter what the when the episode if you're if you're non-seasonal, it's right. the episode number. If you have seasons, then it's S two E four, whatever. But but you don't have to configure that. That's just there, and so you always know, like, oh my, you know, when I do episode, I think this was one oh seven, or what? I forget what episode number this is. When you do episode a thousand, if you're using Podbage, you will know that there is a going to be a link that's slash one thousand. <laughs> it's just cool. going to be there. You actually can't create other links with that same name because it's we've already reserved it for episode redirects. Can you change the episode number? Um, I have in some of my podcasts over the years realized that I did a live stream and never made a podcast out of it. Mm. And then I've had to go back and like 103 is really 104, 10, you know, yeah. whatever. Hopefully it's early on so it doesn't change. 
it's, or it's later on, so it doesn't change too much. Uh, but is there, can you actually number it yourself so that if you have to, because I also have a couple of episodes over the years where the person I interviewed went on to do something that I don't want to be associated with them in Google. So yeah. we have episode three and then episode five and mm -hmm. so forth, but I want to keep the numbers consistent of where where yeah, they you, were in the order in pod page once we import the episodes you can go in and make any edits you want and so right. you can go in and you can say this is number six you can say it's number six thousand if you want it, what we key off of when we do those redirects is what when you go into the episode what number you've written and so um yeah you can totally make changes uh however you want um i want to bring in a question here from uh live podcast media because I've been kind of focused on uh, when we talk about what's new, we've been focused on the elite plan and I know you have a discount on that plan. Um, so I'll ask you about that, but I also want to bring in just changes in general. She says, how's the podcast page growth from three years ago um, when you were on the show? And so some of the features uh, may not be part of the elite plan, but it may be part of the basic or the pro plan or even part of the free plan. Some of the things that you've added along the way, either because it's been things that have been demanded by or asked for by the users, or it's because you saw the need for it coming and, uh, you know, you worked on uh, on bringing it in. Yeah, so I think... Um... So there's a couple ways to interpret the question about how's pod page growth. One is just how, how, how has the user growth been and the other is how's the product growth been. So on the user growth standpoint, um, you know, when we first talked, I was probably, when I launched it, the way that I got the word out was I would find podcasters on Twitter and I would DM them and I'd say, I'd like to build you a website. And I just want your feedback on what you think of it, because I needed that feedback to figure out what people thought. So I was, it was a lot of one-to-one -one outreach. Mm -hmm. Um, that's tapered off over the years because the, it's we have we're so lucky to have a bunch of users who love us that we typically um most of our user acquisition comes in just through word of mouth and so yeah. growth has been great we we've had um up until about two months ago and i'm happy to talk through this too uh, we offered a, a sort of a free plan that kind of was the reason it was built originally was because podcast host websites were horrible and it was sort of a little bit better than your podcast host website and you could just sort of set up podpage.com slash whatever your your podcast name was and you could just have that hosted for a long period of time we we recently took that off because what we found was almost no podcasters were using podpage.com slash podcast name they either set up a website and they didn't want to use it anymore or they wanted they found a different solution or they added their domain name but since we launched, we have had about 30,000 websites created by wow. podcasters. Um, and so, and it's just been awesome to be able to see so many people come in and, and use the product. Um, and so, uh, so as far as growth has gone, it's been really, really good. I'd still, you know, there's still plenty more people that I'd love to get involved. I can't tell you how many times when I'm in the conference or, or in a thing like this, where I talk to someone who says, Oh my God, I just spent $2,500 $2, on a designer <laughs> for my WordPress site. Like, why didn't I hear about you? two weeks ago or two months ago. And I still am working on ways to figure out how to get the word out and, and make sure people know about us. But growth has been great on a user standpoint. Um, on a product standpoint, I think what, what you've seen is we started with, you know, the basic stuff that you would need for a website. You can import episodes. You can host, an, you can write your own blog next to your episodes. You can import your, your, uh, We've, we've added importing videos from YouTube. So if you have a YouTube channel, we'll automatically import all your videos also. And you have a videos tab. Um, you can create custom pages. So if you want to have a page about whatever you want, 
make it really easy to build web pages on your on your website for for custom stuff. And then we've added things like the voicemail feature I told you about. That's you know in the in the course of Podpage that's relatively new. That's you know a year and a half old as opposed to three or four years old. Um, we've added a big one that we added. I forget when it was last year. Um, that surprisingly was one of the has been one of the best features was and copied by all of our competitors pretty quickly was um, we added a way for you to create guest profiles on your website. And so what, the that. way that was built, <laughs> yeah, the way that was built, the intention of that was you as the podcaster go in and you set up your guest profile, you'd, you'd upload a picture of me, you do all that stuff, and then you'd attach it to the episode that I'm on. And so when someone went to the episode, they'd see a picture of me at the bottom. And if you, if for in this case, when you clicked me, you would then go to a Brendan page that would show every episode I've been on. Now, very quickly, the feedback I got from users was, we don't want to have to fill that crap out. Can you just make a link where I can send it to the guest? And so that turned into a feature called the guest intake form. And so we went from this like one feature that was really just about uploading some information to a whole guest workflow where now you have a page on your website that you can send to a guest and they fill out all of their information uh, in the guest intake form. They sign a release. You can upload your own release or we, we partnered with a, a firm, a firm that focuses with podcasters to provide you a guest release form. And so all that's done automatically. They show up in your dashboard. And now you can say, Brendan's going to be on episode 107. When we import episode 107, we automatically attach the guest to it. And we then email the guest saying, hey, your episode's published. Here are the links to share. And so all that whole, we're trying to work that workflow to make it really easy for you, the podcaster, to not have to deal with all that stuff. So that's an ex that's probably been our top feature um, that we released in the last few, in the last year or so. And so... Um, there's a there's a multitude of other you know we we have a way for you to attach sponsors we just added um we just added a way for you to list the deals that you're offering via your sponsors so if you have a discount codes and stuff you can have a page for that we've added a storefront for you to like link to all of your your merch on other places so um added a lot i'll tell you what i i just love the fact that it's so easy to link um the guests uh, to the episode um, on my own site every so often once every couple of years I'll go who have I had on a show and I'll go back and I'll spend you know six hours putting each person's photo up and creating something but but then to go back and link them to old shows and all that I have I've never done that and so basically this serves as a database for me of every guest that I've pretty much every guest that I've had on. I'm sure I missed a few along the way, but um, it's it's remarkable. I mean, it's been just so cool to be able to go to the guest name and, and, and see what episodes they were on, particularly for people who've been on maybe 10 or 15 times mm -hmm. on shows and so forth. Um, they get a real kick out of it when you send them the link. Well, and that, that, you know, it's sad for me to see the link or the, the page you just showed because it's, it needs an overhaul. So it's actually, uh, what we're working on right now is sort of an overhaul for some of the guest stuff and being able to, um, that page should, should look a little bit better. You should be able to feature certain guests. We're going to make it so you can tag certain guests that you've had a lot of people, a lot of, you know, on our, on your website, your homepage of your website, we let you pick like, here are the episodes I think are the best and I want to feature them on my homepage. But we've never done that. I and mean, you can do that with reviews. You can do that with other things. But you've never been able to do that with actual um, with actual guests. And a lot of people 
want to highlight the guests. They want to say, Hey, you know, Tim Ferriss has been on my show or whatever. And so we, we're going to let it, you be able to feature guests, which will feature them on the guest page. And then we're also going to add more information on the guest page. So I think it'll be, um, I think it'll be good. Yeah. I haven't asked all the guests for bios or uh, added them all yet or, um, but just having that listing there is cool and having that picture and, and so forth. It's, it, you know, it takes some work if you're, if you've got a long history, but if you're starting out, I mean, I would say to anybody starting out, start with your first guest, add that photo, add the bio link to the episode. Um, you'll be so happy down the line that you have, um, that record and that information, uh, because you don't see that typically on podcast websites. Yes, people will add a little a little line or two about their guests. Maybe they'll add a screenshot from the show or something. But to have that and that functionality is one of the coolest parts of a pod page, I think. Um, well, and and you're you're sort of you just I just took a note because you nudged me with a feature that we've been looking <laughs> at adding, which is. Um, like you said, I we I don't have all the bios. Well, the cool thing about the guest intake form is you send it, you know, you could have sent this to me ahead of time. I would have filled all that out for you. But there's a lot of cases where you don't know about that or you forget about it. So we're going to be building like a, a way to actually send someone, you know, you could send me a link to my bio on your site and you could say, hey, can you up, can you get update this for me? And it would give me, you would, we need, we're going to give you a secret link. Um, which you can change Where it if means you want. I don't have to have you as a guest on the show at the time. I don't have to send you an, in I can just send you a, a secret link to your page and say, Hey, I'd love to feature you on my website. Could you fill out the bio, add yeah. your social links, what, yeah. what, whatever you'd like to add before, you know, someone, or you're like, Hey, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm, had we not done this, you could say, Hey, you were on the show last year. I'm updating my website and I want to get all the bios on here. Can you go ahead and fill this out? And you're sending me a, a, a link guest that intake. you can do so okay. it's, um, I think it, it it's sort of like a, an, a, it's intake, but it's after the guest has happened, right? So it's just, it's hopefully going to be helpful for, um, for people who want to fill that page out. So, okay. So what do you say to the person who, um, has a primary site for their business or, uh, their content creation and content distribution, they have their main website. Like I have live stream universe. Um, and and then on that site, they have some blog posts about their episodes. So a lot of their episodes are up there. Uh, they're not thrilled with, you know, having to work on it. They don't update it regularly, but it, they do have a long history of posting on their own website. Uh, and they go, you know what? If I move the pod page, this is all done for me. All I got to do is put the show notes in and... You know, from now on, the RSS feed brings everything in and it's a few minutes worth of work to not have to hassle. Um, do you say to them, take down the posts on your own website so you aren't competing? Or is it OK to leave both up uh, <laughs> with this probably you know, with the same title and the same notes? Yeah. So. I like to admit when there's things that I don't know and, mm -hmm. and I, you can go, you can go kind of deep. In, I mean, I'm, I think there's a lot of people who would give you a direct answer to that question and they might be right. They might be wrong, but it's just to get the direct answer out. Um, I don't, it, there's so many times that people ask me about SEO tips. I was talking to a customer literally this morning about this, where they were describing to me 
um, an issue they were having with SEO. And I was like, the answer so many times is it depends because there's no, there's no hard and fast rule. If you've got a website that you launched last year that isn't ranking very well. And you asked me that question. If you asked me the same question you just asked me, but the context is I've got a website, it doesn't rank very well. Well, then I'd say, oh, screw it. Like just move over and start, you know, don't worry about that. Cause you're not, you're not, you're not losing anything. If you were to say, I've had this site up for 10 years, um, all the pages rank exactly how I want them to rank. Uh, and, and, you know, should I move? I'd say, oh, I don't know. Like it's, it's tough. Now what you can do is you can move stuff over to pod page and then you can do a 301 redirect and, and that should in theory, keep that link juice that you already have going because Google's already aware and you're just pointing to the kind of the same content. Now, what I also don't know is what have you done in the code or metadata on that page that you, you wouldn't do on pod page, right? We pull in your, your show notes and you can do a lot of edits, but we only pick your show notes from your feed. So maybe on that old page, you've added a lot more than your show notes or your blog post has a lot more contact and the, you're going after the words beekeeping and it's written 50 times on your blog post, but only 20 times in your show notes. Like there could be, there could be times where you you would have less, you know, link juice. And so, and SEO, you know, Google might say the new page isn't as good as the old page. It's just really hard for me to know because I don't, I can't tell you how good the old page is. And so this actually, this comes up, I'd say in, in the vast majority of cases, people move to pod page or launch a pod page site and are happy with their SEO every once in a while. And this was the customer this morning was saying, Oh my, I'm, I think he said, I used to rank 30th for my keywords. Now I'm ranking 39th mm -hmm. and he's really upset after moving to pod page, which I would be too. Um, and he's like, what do I do to change it? And it's so hard. Cause I'm like, I don't know what the old, why the old page ranked 30th. Cause I don't know what you, we, the old page doesn't exist anymore. And so, um, so it's, it's hard. It's hard to like have a direct answer to it. Uh, I've even to the point where I've thought about hiring that like, or contracting with an SEO specialist and company. So every one of these questions, I can be like, go talk to these people. They'll be able to like dig, dig deep because it's really hard at scale for me to or anyone on our team to dig deep into like all the stuff you used to do. <laughs> so, so the answer to a lot of questions to that question is it really depends. I just don't know. Um, a, a common question that's similar to that is I have rossbrand.com and I have rossbrand.com slash podcast. And that's where I put my podcast information, but it's a pain in the butt because I've got to update the posts. I forget to update posts. Uh, da, da, da. I want pod page, but I don't want to, I still need my Ross brand site because I'm a consultant or do whatever. Right. And so in that case, again, it's not a straightforward answer. Cause they're like, I, I don't, I want my podcast to help grow rossbrand.com. Mm -hmm. There's no way to embed pod page inside another website. And so right. that, that the best that we can do at this point is you do podcast.rossbrand.com and then you have rossbrand.com. And you're sort of splitting your SEO because Google does think podcast.rossbrand is a different site than rossbrand.com. It, it ends up, and a lot of times I say, Hey, if you're generally happy and you're, you got your, your SEO is what you want. Don't change anything. Don't use pod page because I don't want to be responsible for anything changing. Um, but what a lot, a lot of times it'll be like, uh, I've got podcast, I've got rossbrand.com. I've got a podcast called, you know, live stream, live stream universe or whatever. It's not necessarily the same. And they're like, the podcast isn't ranking well. I want the podcast to rank better, but I want my site to still come up. And it's kind of like you kind of have to choose your what you really want. Like you move over to a dedicated domain for the podcast, you're going to have stronger traffic there, but you're going to lose the connection to your website a little bit. But 
that's you know. that's why I, I actually and you got to be one of the most honest founders in that you know you told me we went over sort of where i was with my website when you were starting out and you're like i want you to be one of the people to try it and i i of course tried you know some putting my rss feed and stuff but i didn't go ahead and and build a you know subscription website until probably a year or two after um i had you on the show when i actually had a new podcast uh which wasn't exactly a new podcast so i might be an incredible case study if you ever needed somebody to come in and study i've got separate websites for podcasts i've got my blog posts on my main live stream universe site and then my site on pod page is essentially what what some people would call a network feed so I have live stream deals. I have brand on broadcasting. I have stream leader. I have all these different shows over the years and they all come together on, on my pod page site. That's the one place so that those episodes have a different, have at least a different URL. Mm, like instead mm -hmm. of livestreamdeals.com slash whatever, or livestreamuniverse.com slash it, it'll be Ross brand recordings uh and but the title and and all the other data will probably be very close <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah it makes sense uh yeah we, we can take a look at it um it it's it's really tricky i'm not going to pretend like i have the exact answer for it i mean everyone does things so differently wordpress is such a flexible platform that people have built very complex solutions to these different problems and and again i always try to say like we're, I'm not trying to solve every problem. I'm just trying, I want right. to make it really easy for podcasters to launch a site. And once you get a little more complicated, you know, I used to say we celebrate when people, when I get an email that says, Hey, I'm going to move to WordPress. I just need more. I'm like, congratulations. That's a right. good thing. That means right, you have right. the budget to do it. That means you have the the needs. That's, that's a really good thing. Um, so, well, I couldn't be happier that I, I did a pod page website. I love the fact that I've got one feed for everything. And I know that every time, uh, I have a new episode. I add it to uh, the feed that goes to my pod page site and every everything's there. All my guests I can tag. Um, there's uh, so many integrations that you have. The reviews get pulled in. Um, it's, a, it's a wonderful, wonderful site. And if you're starting out, I mean, if I was starting out, I would have just built on pod page from the beginning. You can put your sales pages on there. You can put your products on there. Um, and you mentioned, um, I know we, we talked a lot about podcasters, um, but also every video that I post on YouTube gets pulled into the site in its own video feed. Um, so every one of my videos is a blog post as, as, as well in, in essence, it's in the video post feed. Can, if you're a YouTuber and you don't have an RSS feed. Uh, or maybe you you have a podcast on Spotify or whatever, and so you're not distributing through RSS. Can you still use PodPage? Um, I would say that uh, it's not a great user experience right now. Okay. Um, we're very RSS focused because that's just the core. Um, I we have. I would say that it's not out of the question at some point for us to serve that market a little bit better, but I really want to make sure that 
it's it's really strong for podcasters before we were ever to go over and say, all right, well, we're because you're basically asking, would could we work with vloggers as opposed to podcasters? Like, because they're because you know you could say it could be podcasters with a private feed on Spotify, but what it really is is if you just have a YouTube feed, can you use PodPage? And in in theory, yes, because we have all the features, and you can basically just if you don't have episodes, they're just hidden. Um, but we have always been very focused on RSS. So, for example, if you don't have an RSS feed in your in your dashboard, there's all kinds of alerts. It says, "Hey, we're not importing episodes because <laughs> we're do just you very." How you create your page then? Right? Yeah. Easily. Well, no, you can you can create a manual page without mm -hmm. having, but okay. but it's more just like, oh, well, uh, we just make a lot of assumptions that you have an RSS feed, and so there is a little bit of restructuring that we would need to do just to make it kind of make sense, and also we haven't found at this point that there are an, a lot of podcasters who are in that situation. So we don't, it, I, the way I look at it is if we were to do that, we would really be building pod page for vloggers or YouTubers, which I think actually from a technical perspective is relatively straightforward. It's just mm -hmm. like, okay, well, if we would do that, we should put the effort into making sure that we target that market, that we understand the market. Maybe that's a that. separate product. Maybe it's two page or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny. I think I, I did buy a domain name a couple of years ago. I always, I still think there's good work to be done on making sure that this is a great product for podcasters. So I don't want to get distracted by going after a whole other audience with different needs. Um, let, let me ask so, you something else on, on that. Um, for the podcaster who is also a YouTuber and perhaps YouTube's where they're making their AdSense money. They have a podcast, they have a podcast audience, but their primary goal is to grow their YouTube channel. Can they make their homepage, their video feed, or just like you could have your episodes on your homepage? Is there an easy way to, to, to do that for... <laughs> A it's a little bit of a hidden feature right now. It's not really hidden. It's there, but people don't think to use it. So you can go and when you're when you're designing your homepage, the part that lists your recent episodes, mm -hmm. um, which is your homepage feed. Uh, we re recently, over about a year ago, renamed it from recent episodes to homepage feed. And when you go in there, you can say, what do you want in your feed? By default, it's your episodes. But you can also say, I also want my videos in there and I also want blog posts. And so you can have it be a combination of all of your content or you can just, most people just keep it as their episodes. Um, so in, this is where I'm saying like, you can kind of do it. It's a little janky, but you can go in and say, all right, I don't want podcast episodes in my homepage feed. I only want it to be videos. And then it kind of works. Um, but we don't have a lot of customers that do that because it's, it's not straightforward. Yeah. Well, before we wrap up, tell everybody about the elite plan and the discount that you have and, um, kind of what's going on with that and your roadmap and everything. Totally. So um, if it has not been clear, uh, we love adding tons of useful features to the platform and we're doing it constantly. It's very hard to ever be like, okay, we're done with that. And so what we found was um, when I was designing the elite plan, I, I started realizing there's a lot I want to add to it. And eventually it's just like with pro, right? When we launched pod page pro it, it really did probably five, uh, probably 25% of what it does now. We've had, and we haven't increased right. the price on it. Um, since 2021. And so I, when we did the elite, I was like, ah, oh, there's a lot I want to add, but I don't want to wait to be finished with everything until we start offering it to people. Cause everyone was really excited once I started seeing me tease out what we were building. And so, um, we launched it a couple of weeks ago 
And essentially it's in beta because there's still some kinks to work out and there's still features to add. So while it's in beta, uh, it's, you know, if you, if you sign up for the annual plan, it's 25 bucks a month. And that, that is a rate that you lock in for the future. And so once it comes out of beta, you'll still be paying 25 because it's, you know, as a reward for supporting us early. And so, um, and if you want to do monthly, it's more expensive, but you can do month to month. Um, and the same thing, you're locking in the rate as long as you're a customer. Um, <clears throat> So the, the plan itself, um, you've already talked about some of the features, but just to kind of review them, we sure. pull in reviews from every, all over the place, as opposed to just one country for Apple podcasts, we, um, we will go, we'll go in. It's surprisingly difficult to get the deep episode links for some of the top podcast, um, players. So like most sites that you go to, when you go to an episode page and you click listen on Apple, it just opens up your podcast on Apple because there's not a simple way to get to the episode. Um, but on the elite plan, we go and we go deep and we find what your, what your direct link to Spotify and Apple and Google and soon YouTube will be. Um, it's got a, uh, the whole guest notification system I talked about earlier is, um, is part of it. So you, uh, not only do we let you do the guest intake, but we also auto attach guests and we will email them when they actually get, um, when the episode is released. So that just saves you a step from having to do that. Um, We'll be adding auto transcripts. We'll be adding an, uh, a way for you to directly email your listeners. If you choose to import or use PodPage to collect your email addresses, when you up, get a new episode out, we'll just ping your listeners and say, hey, there's a new episode out that's coming sometime next year. Um, the We have it added a Zapier or Zapier integration, however you say it. Um, that should be that we're waiting on them to approve it, but that'll allow you anytime anything happens in PodPage, it'll kick out to that network. So if you want to do special things outside of PodPage with all of your data, you can do that. Um, and like I said, the, the big thing is the SEO analysis. So, you know, we've taken what is a premium plugin for WordPress and just included it in your PodPage subscription and allows you to really dig deep on how are my pages set up to perform. If I want to, if I want to rank for, um, you know, beekeeping in Southern California, it, are those, are, is this page actually set up to, to do that or are there, are there opportunities there? And so, um, I think that, you know, that's going to be a, that's a really, really big one. And there's a lot of other little things. I mean, I can't remember, I added something yesterday or two days ago that wasn't part of, isn't even on the blog post about the elite plan and isn't on the website yet. But, you know, when we think about it, we're just going to be adding a lot and we're still adding a lot to pro. So, um, regardless of what you're signed up for, I mean, I think there's a, all, we're improving the platform across the board and we're adding a lot to basic, which is the lowest tier. Like right now, my big push is new, a new set of templates. And I always kind of see the design of the site as, you know, one of the part of the core parts of the service. And so, um, you know, when we add a bunch of new templates, it's not like they'll just be available to pro or elite like that. Everyone gets, mm -hmm. um, I think across the board, there's going to be a lot of customization and, uh, and improvements. Well, it sounds awesome. The website is PodPage. The name of the company is PodPage. Uh, try it out. Go on over to LivestreamUniverse.com slash PodPage. Drop your RSS feed in there, and you're going to see the beginnings of a beautiful website that you can choose one of the plans, build it out. I highly recommend it. Like I said, I'm using it myself for the Ross Brand Recordings podcast at RossBrandRecordings.com. Uh, but check out pod page. Uh, thank you so much, Brendan. It's always awesome having you on. Brendan Mulligan is the founder of pod page and 
just a terrific guest. Are you podcasting or live streaming or YouTubing yourself or no, too you know, busy, I, too busy building great products for us? <laughs> I, you know, it's funny. I think that, um, I started, I started a sort of podcast website focused podcast, you know, years ago, I started thinking about it and I, you know, I think the best thing a podcaster can do when starting out is find a topic that they feel like they can talk about for years and years and years. And although I can talk about podcast websites for years, I obviously okay. have. It's not necessarily I have, you know, thousands of episodes of content about it. And so I it's and, I, you know, I spend a lot of my time building stuff and working. And so I don't have a, a hobby that I'm just obsessed with. That, and so I feel like I don't have that core need mm -hmm. um, or the, the core thing that you need as a podcaster, which is like limitless content where. Right. Right. Um, which I feel like is like is the you know, if you don't have something that you love talking about, even if you're not making money, you typically pod fade after a while because you realize how hard it is. And so um, I was like, I don't want to start a podcast and then stop it. So, so yeah. I, I will choose to build the tools for people who have that kind of stuff to talk about. All right. Well, Brendan, thanks so much for joining us. It's like I say, it's always great to have you on. Uh, hang out for a second. Uh, we'll, we'll wrap up and uh, we'll chat with you offline in great. just a minute. That is Brendan Mulligan, the founder of PodPage. Again, livestreamuniverse.com slash pod page to set up your podcast website in minutes uh thanks for not only to, to brendan for coming on but for all of you being here uh your comments your questions and of course your support is always appreciated until the next time this is ross brand for livestream universe and livestream deals take care everybody